Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Leads That Podcast. I'm Paul and today I'm joined by James. Hello. And uh, and Rocco. Hello. Hello Rocco. That was that was very pleasant. So <laughs> it's been it's, it's been a while. We I think we probably have the As, the uh, saying Aston Villa. That never happened. That's probably what we should talk about. Uh the Arsenal, Burnley and West Ham fixtures to discuss. I'd quite like to focus on the Burnley bit of of that, but it's, it's worth touching on other points. The Arsenal game, given in the mi- mix of all those postponements and fixture cancellations that happened for other clubs, and turns out that Liverpool got a game cancelled against Arsenal when they didn't need to because there were all false positives, according to Jürgen. Are, are you glad that we got... I mean, we lost. That game's out of the way. It's not going to congest a fit get congested in a fixture list but should should we have asked to not play it we were pretty threadbare that was the game Rocco guaranteed us points wasn't it uh that was man city wasn't it i think have we not even talked about that either? <laughs> or, or we did no we've, we've passed it we've yeah. passed it too uh, i did guarantee but to be fair i wasn't expecting the uh the injury situation to be as it was so i think a pass for that uh False hope. Well, if you if you log on to the club's social or any player's social media or some anything to do with the club, you might be hoping for a uh, a signing announcement. But what you're going to get is an is an injury announcement. Mm. Greenwood, our last available forward player, is now injured. So yeah, at time of press, if we go through in order from the back, and you know Melier picked up a bit of a knock yesterday, but oh god, yeah. n- nothing further. Then we. Are missing Liam Cooper and uh, Shackleton and Strike and then Cooper. This is literally a full team: Rodrigo, Roberts, Bamford, Gelhart, Greenwood. It's quite the list. It got to the Brentford game, didn't it? And people started coming back, and then it was like, oh, there's too many players. Have a lengthy injury. So we were threadbare at the Arsenal game. Um, were there any positives that you took out of that performance? Out of the performance itself, I don't think anything, really. Um, the atmosphere was the only positive that I could come up with because I do think it was special. I don't think enough was made of it um, at the end of the game, last few minutes and, and after the final whistle. But yeah, the performance, it was... I mean, you couldn't expect much, could you, or anything. 
Um, Melier, Melier was the positive. He was he was good. Yeah, that could have been a Man City type result all over if uh, Melier hadn't stopped a few few of their good chances. There was one low one handed save that he got to early on, and it was just yeah, yeah. it was so good. He's he's way beyond his years for a keeper, isn't he? It's like you usually at that age, um, when you look back on keepers, you, you see like glimmers of of brilliance, like shot stopping. You think, oh, he's going to be good, but he's just kind of got a complete game already. It's weird. It's like it's like watching a thirty five year old goalkeeper. Yeah, the way he spreads himself, his, his positional sense is is also is just absolutely spot on. Is yeah, I just yeah, I can't can't talk highly enough of him. I think he's brilliant. There you go. There's the positive from that game. Nice. I thought, you know how some fans have a way to turn everything into a negative. Someone was like, well, Gelhart's had all these goal involvements. Um, and obviously he won the penalty in that game. And someone was like, yeah, but none of his goal involvements have led us to win any games. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's useless. Get rid of him. The glim- Yeah, absolutely. The glimpses are there. But then we had so move, moving on, and I mean, my positive was that I was in Tenerife because it was very nice to, <laughs> to to be to be there rather than at the ground. I got called by Andy at like what half two or something, going, "Hi mate, um, I'm at the gate. And you deactivated your ticket, didn't you? Yeah, I was sent it by the club." Is there any way you can activate it again? Because I've forgotten my. <laughs> <laughs> no way. I'm like, I tried to get on a coach transfer from the airport to my hotel, and uh, I've got I've got Andy ringing me, half cut, trying to uh, blag his way into the ground. I hope like, you just went. Sorry, <laughs> up. <laughs> I was just like, don't think I can resolve that from my end, mate. Did he get in? Yeah, so I don't know how, but weaved his magic. And then uh, apparently Rafinha's landlord sat in my seat, but uh, who bought it back from the club. But they all suspected he was an Arsenal fan, and he left at halftime. So there you go. None there's, of that makes none, none of that story would make sense. It's like if he's an Arsenal fan, he definitely would have stayed till the end. Well. I know, but I think they said they were giving him some abuse, and there's a there's a distinct possibility that there was some alcohol involved. Oh, uh, so, yeah, it doesn't make sense, but that's the way it is. So we then moved on to back to back games in which we didn't lose, which was good against uh, Liverpool and Aston Villa. So uh, we needed that break, didn't we? We really did, because obviously there was both the COVID situation and the ongoing injury crisis which is uh it is a crisis now isn't it 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 is a crisis because it's been going on for so long we haven't been able to put out a settled team we're constantly having to change we're relying on under 23s that you can't really say are first team players but they wouldn't be if you went to the premier league but you can't just postpone all your games i saw david moyes having a whinge about the fact that they're game against norwich has been rearranged for this midweek and we've got a full week to rest like yeah i mean he's like but i'll take the one in the same breath he was like well if we got away with one thing i'll take it like yeah well you're gonna have to take the fixture arrangement then as well yeah then we moved on to burnley which is the high point of this podcast so someone 
the best bit about the Burnley game on that I had on Radio Leeds was like um, he said afterwards, I'm not going to use cliches like six pointers because I don't believe in it. But it was one of those games where by winning, we moved three points further away from them and actually took three points away from them at the same time. I'm like, oh, yeah, so you've just described a six-pointer. <laughs> uh, but it was a six-pointer in the sense that we are eight points ahead of them now and they would have been two points behind if they had beaten us uh, with two games in hand. That is it's a massive difference. Yeah. It was, it was crucial. I was terrified. James, you must have been absolutely papping yourself if I was terrified. Um, do you know what? It was one of those games, a rare one, where I was really relaxed. And for a while, it felt like the early championship days under Bielsa where we were knocking and knocking and it wasn't coming. But then, it, it, I don't know, it just always felt like it was inevitable that we were going to get something from it. And uh, yeah, it was I, I delighted at the result, but I was relaxed. I, um, one thing I did notice, Rocco, did you were you sat near me this time? Uh, no, because oh, another, another bottle got thrown on onto the player's <laughs> head, didn't it? <laughs> it definitely wasn't me. <laughs> that that sparked up a huge debate about a, re, a, a range of things, whether it's ever right, whether you should, how you can create an intimidating atmosphere without assaulting opposition players how on earth their players have got to a point where they think that celebrating like that is fine. And I think part of the answer to that is weak refereeing because mm. it is in the rule book that that is a yellow card. I've seen players booked for it years ago. It's one of those rules that seem to have got forgotten that he was inciting a crowd. I don't get it. I work in a job where there are a lot of Burnley fans and I've asked all them what the weird uh, nipple stroking celebration thing is. <laughs> They love it. They think it's brilliant. Like that's, I guess you love it because he's the only one scoring you any goals and uh, he ain't going to be there much longer. But yeah, so Burnley game, let's let's have some high points from that then. The last goal was definitely the highest point, um, especially the way it went in, looking from the cop as well, that, uh, that moment, well, it seemed like a few moments actually for it to drop in the net. Uh, and then, yeah, pandemonium when it when it finally bulged, it was it was great and so well deserved. And and what a brilliant ball from Gelhart! Absolute, just a yeah, the, the sort of thing that De Bruyne does, and it's uh, lauded. It's well, keep... everyone else compares him to Messi, so I'm just trying to be a bit different. No, well, it's good. I'm sure uh, you've compared him to Rooney before as well. So he's yeah. <laughs> keeping on the theme of highest. Uh, two things. One, I reckon that's the highest that Dan James has ever jumped. Uh, to beat a defender uh, like that with a headed goal was beautiful. Two, highest. I don't think I've seen the ball kicked at as high as that at Ellen Road in years. That was proper hoof it up to your forward football from the <laughs> goalkeeper, wasn't it? It was just so boring. I, I, I went to watch um, Harrogate Town v Salford a few years ago and I thought, and you know, I'd been blessed with Bielsa ball and I got there thinking oh it's going to be good there's a good atmosphere here Every, everyone's in for Salford and it was just like lump it football like up to the forward and it was like it was that again it was like this yeah. Burnley are a Premier League well a supposed Premier well they are a Premier League side <laughs> <laughs> but but it's it's like how can you get away now with literally just lumping it up to your number nine it's crazy what about every every single time as well? Wood was yeah. just nudging the player, like yeah. normally Lorente or sometimes Scott, just literally nudging them 
away. And like, fair enough, he's strong. And I don't mind being able to use your strength, but like, it was a foul every single time. Mm-hmm. It never, never got, I think it once it got pulled up, mm-hmm. out of probably a dozen headers or, or more. That was infuriating. But I had this discussion with Matthew. I That's how he, that's Chris Wood's game. That's how it was when he played for us. The referee decide, each referee will decide relatively early on whether or not those are going to be given as fouls. And they will either give a foul every time or he gets away with it every time. It's his game. It's the backing in to try and hold it up. And the, and, the, and it's subjective and the ref sees it one way or the other. And against Burn, on that fixture, he gave us nothing. So the defenders that have it... And mind you, it happened a lot yesterday with Antonio as well, which was frustrating. But we'll get to that. Um, I saw a rumour today linking Newcastle with Chris Wood. There is absolutely no way, surely, that Burnley are going to sell their entire game plan to the team on the same number of points with them. God knows. How, how much would they bid? I don't, did they did they uh, speculate it, on the price? No, there wasn't a speculation, but the, other people have said that English teams aren't selling to Newcastle. Other yeah. English clubs don't have to, don't, don't want to sell to them quite understandably. So that bit of business with, with, uh, I always get Tierney and Trippier confused, but Trippier, um, excellent business. I think, uh, he's clearly going to improve them, but it made sense because it's a former coach. Um, it's a player coming back from abroad that all made sense and was done quite quickly. But for Newcastle now, it's, who do you convince that you're going to be in the Premier League next season and that with the ambitions and the money they've got, you're then going to be part of this team in the years to go on? It's quite an interesting transition time for them. Um, but, but I see them having the resources to manage it a bit better than Burnley do. <laughs> it's lovely potentially seeing us cross paths with Chris Wood and Charlie Taylor going in the other direction, isn't it? And And little Aaron Lennon. Yeah, bless him. And I, I took the words out of my mouth. Did he even touch the ball? I can't remember him doing anything in that game. Well, they played Manchester United on the Thursday night, which again, uh, possibly played into our hands a little bit. Um, but he had a great game in that game and scored. And then they played the exact, he played, Sean Dyche put out the exact same team on uh, on the um, on the Sunday against us. And I don't, he definitely didn't make any meaningful contribution. No. Dash burnout must be that. Well, I think we would have struggled to put out, we would never put out the same team twice in three days, not because of burnout, just because half of them would be injured. So uh, we'd be struggling. But on, on the Gelhart thing again, um, as I said, working work in an environment with a lot of Burnley fans somewhere on getting close to the dark side border. So you've got a lot of Burnley fans, you've got a lot of Leeds fans, a smattering of Bradford fans. And one of them said, who who was at the game, he said, we, we scored, it was absolutely brilliant. And just as we we were still celebrating, when, El, he said, Ellen Road erupted when you came to bring Gellar on and he thought, oh God, what's happening here? And he said, feared for the worst, just because of the reaction. Was the reaction 100% because we were excited that Gellar was coming on? Or was there a lot of the irony towards your mate, Tyro, when he was going off injured? 
Nah, definitely. It was definitely all Gellhart, 100%. Because it, it was the moment that, um, you know, that, that he called, you know, Gellhart and not Dan James, I suppose. Um, so maybe you could say it was a, a cheer of relief that he wasn't putting James up front. But, um, but no, otherwise <laughs> I would say it's 100% Gellhart. To be fair, like Robert's got a, uh, he got a nice clap on his way off the pitch. So yeah, I think I think Roberts had a good game. He missed some chances, but he did play well. What do you think to that, James? Tyler Roberts missed, like Tyler Roberts for me was keeping Burnley in it at halftime. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, like I'm I'm with Rocco. I thought I thought he played well and he got into some good positions and he it worked the ball quite well. But it was just in front of goal. It was bloody frustrating, wasn't it? It was like. Mm. I turned to someone and I said, there's only so long you can sort of stick up for him, really. Yeah. Um, because you need him to do the things that, that matter the most and he and he just wasn't wasn't doing it, unfortunately. I think, um, I do have a feeling, though, that, you know, when someone's stock is high or there's a buzz around someone, they get away with absolute murder because there was a time where uh, Gelhart just, I think he'd just come on, he gave the ball away sloppily and then... I think he lost it, like put it out for a throw-in or something like that. And I just thought, that was absolutely rubbish. But every, <laughs> but everyone's still like buzzing that he's on the field. And, you know, it was like it was like worse than something that Roberts had done all, all game in that sort of um, place on the pitch. And I just thought, yeah, that's awful. But when you stock's high, you stock's high, isn't it? Yeah. the um, I was going to say the header from Roberts, um, his, his biggest chance, it was... I had a really good view of that, of, of sort of what he was actually doing. And he, he like used the wrong part of his head. Like he tried to nod it like back across goal with the with the side of his head when he, you know, just put his forehead on it and it was it was a certain goal, wasn't it? I think he overthinks things though. Yeah. Because that one, what he did was harder to do than score. Yeah. It was way harder to do that than hit the target. And then when he's one on one, like tried to make sure he hit the target and played it relatively safe straight into the keeper's hands. That's so that's what Patrick Bamford's got a lot better at doing, you know, just kind of being a bit more instinctive rather. He, do you remember he used to dwell on stuff so much, didn't he? Just yeah. like just just smash it. But you know, when he came on as a sub and he just let it lash against his knee or whatever, it's like, yeah, that that's what you need. No thinking, just do it. And I think in both Gelhart and I would say there was elements of this in Greenwood yesterday, they do have that and whether it's a an inexperience or playing with a bit of freedom, but they were, they just looked to shoot straight away. And I, I guess we're at risk of plagiarizing uh, the square ball. Cause that's Michael Normanton's whole thing is just like, just put the ball in the net, just shoot the thing at the goal. And that's your, but it's true. <laughs> but it, well, yeah, well, it's, it's true. And uh, he don't have a copyright on it. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it is, it's completely true. And, Tyler Roberts is it, it? I don't know if this injury. Well, it's never a good thing. He, he was having a running team, but for him, if he does reflect on things, maybe go see Jack Harrison, sports psychologist, and uh, gets that a little bit tweaked. I'll tell you to practice a bit of gratitude. I think um, I would like to say how grateful I am for Adam for sure. <laughs> also, he might be the one chopping everyone down in training just to make sure he stays in the team. Yeah. I think Adam Farshaw is pretty secure in that team. He's yeah, uh, he he is his return is pretty much the story of the season, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's just unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Like I suppose against City and Arsenal, he, you know, he, he did struggle a bit, but you know that's going to be understandable. But in in all the other games, he's pretty much been our best player, or you know, there or thereabouts. Is his energy, his composure, is is just yeah, he's absolutely class. 
can't really believe it. I'm sure he's better than he ever was in the championship. Like he was a good player, but I, you know, when Bielsa said he was our best player, I, you know, I, I was really surprised that he thought of him so highly. Um, but yeah, he's showing it now. He looks a cut above at the moment, uh, as as in a cut above his former self. And he's 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 playing. He's in a good moment. I think is how Marcelo might call it. And I I just had a really pathetic thought. But I thought if we did get relegated. He's the kind of player as he is now that you'd think could be a class apart in the championship, but also might stay with us. Mm. So, uh, but we don't want to have any of those kind of thoughts. We're looking up now, aren't we? Oh, yeah. He's about about to get a new deal. Fair play. Yeah, he deserves it. Will Southgate be looking at him? They might look at him. (laughs) You're English. It's it's one of them where I've constantly thought, ah, he should be in the England team. (laughs) <laughs> like com- complete bias. Go on, get him in. Gareth, why aren't you watching him? So where's he fitting into that midfield that already has Phillips and Rice in it? Next to Phillips. Yeah, just squeeze him in. You sold me on it. There you go. Job done. He never needs to play Jordan Henderson ever again. Right, so going into Sunday's just gone because we're in a Groundhog Day situation um, where we're playing the same team in the same ground two weeks in a row at the same time. Everybody would agree that the one coming up next Sunday is the more important of the two fixtures, surely. But how much did you still want to get through this weekend? Rocco, you were there. I was there, so I really wanted to get through this weekend. Um, but yeah, it was a, a real damp squib in the end, wasn't it? I, I yeah, I mean, I, I was yeah. Compl- I'm always completely full blown up for a cup run because um, firstly, I, I don't think we're going down, even if we have to play a few extra games, especially in the FA Cup, where you know they're weekend matches anyway, aren't they? Like all the way through, so it only means we're going to have a week off, which yeah, definitely not a bad thing at the moment. But no, I, I was I was fully up for it and. Uh, yeah, Marcelo didn't quite see it the same way with his team selection, of course. But the way we finished the game, although we were forced to make a, a a couple of changes, there was a point where everyone, all but Hielder, you would say, were our only fit senior players. So he did give it a shot in the second half. He kind of needed to play those some different players anyway because of the whole injury crisis at the minute. It's like if you if a bunch of your first team players pick up more injuries from having more minutes in a cup cup game that you might end up going out in, and then you're stuck in the whole paradigm of trying to win league games and stay up. It's like I can't, I don't really blame him. But at the start of the season, like I was well up for a cup run and just thought the FA Cup would be brilliant. But then as the season's gone on and where we are in the table and the injury problems, you just think, do you know what? Just soak it up. It's it's annoying, like everyone hates losing, but yeah, I, I, I don't like. I, I'm not like angry about it. I was angry about Crawley. You know, I thought that was just ridiculous, yeah, especially yeah. Like, you know where we were in the league as well. Um, you know, it's just yeah, that was bad. But yeah, I, yeah, I didn't think it was like that. I can completely understand, um, and it's also good to you know give people like drama and and Greenwood and Bate you know you, you like to see you know it was exciting knowing that they were going to be playing to see what they were going to be like um and yeah like you say you know he, he tried he brought on his big guns um but yeah just just one of those it was a bit like a lot of the games this season where we've just not looked dangerous have we um which maybe it's understandable with who's injured at the moment but um yeah it's still a bit frustrating West Ham are beatable 
like mm. more than beatable. You know, we've played well really twice against them this season and they've come out winners. And you think actually if we can get something in the Premier League next weekend, then happy days. Whereabouts do we get at them next weekend then? So what what personnel as it stands do you think we can actually change to make a difference to what happened yesterday? What can they have learned from the cup game that they can take into the Premier League game? Well, I think there's something up with Antonio's right foot. So if they stand on that a bit more, then uh, that's one player out of the game, isn't it? Maybe nope. try not to play offside. Well, let's not give VAR too much airtime tonight, but clearly what the hell are they doing? I think it get in terms of your question in getting at them, you know, if we've got if we've got Rafinha in the team, if we've got starting centre backs, you know, not just having someone out of the twenty threes, you think actually we've firmed ourselves up quite nicely there and we've got like a creative outlet. Uh Lorente suspended, isn't he? So oh, uh, there will <laughs> <laughs> So there will be a twenty it'll either be Helder and or uh or Drama, I suppose. Uh drama's rumoured to be going out on loan as well, isn't he? Yeah, I think they've said that they're not going to send him out oh, yet. Wait till the, the end of the month if we have some players fit. <laughs> That's uh, ridiculous. It is crazy, isn't it? Yeah. He'll probably play ailing centre-back, I would have thought, would he? How far is Cooper off? End of oh, March. he's three months, isn't he? Yeah, he's yeah. March with, with Phillips. Um, yeah, it's hard to keep up, isn't it? Yeah, honestly, like, usually you know what's happening, don't you? But I'm just like, it's like a revolving door. Yeah. Anyone could be out. I lost all train of thought. I just <laughs> on the on the BBC at halftime, they just showed a, a a clip from the 1957 FA Cup final where the goalkeeper got assaulted and broke his cheek, but the but, but those substitutions were permitted, so it was just to the advantage of the opposition oh. that they, they had to put one of their outfield players in goal. So yeah, we're we're optimistic. What's uh, any predictions going into next week? We're got, we're going to get some points off West Ham. Yeah, I don't. I like James says. I it, it certain, I don't even see it as a free hit. I think there's points to be had. Um, you know, whether we get a draw out of it or even sneak a win. Um, yeah, I, I don't think West Ham's special. They're doing really well. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm not scared of them. I'm 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 up for it. Well, Southampton beat them over Christmas, and then they were three 0 up against Crystal Palace in a pretty even game. I watched that that game it, it was relatively even they just took their chances it was it was the absolute classic and then nearly gave that all away because they got back to three two so yeah they, they are there to be got at they have got another game in midweek that seems to have frustrated mr Moyes, but i couldn't care about that we, we need to get we need a nice week's rest and actually get in see that we can put out the best team possible just have a go at them because there's nothing to the goal difference ain't going to help us, is it? So we might as well have a have a go at teams. Not in a free hit kind of way, but there's there's definitely, from the two games that we played, opportunity for us in those fixtures. Yeah. It was nice to see um, Rafinha central for the last 15 minutes or so. Um, I think it's the first time he's ever played him there. That's where you wanted him. It you is. About, you spoke about that in a, the last podcast, I think. Yeah, probably. Uh, so he must have been listening. Um, and he, I think he did all right. I think he, he looks, I, I, like I've said before, like I, he does this season. I, I, you know, I do feel like he's not getting involved enough. And I, yeah, I'd love to see him just giving a shot in the middle and just, yeah, do a bit more because he seems to be easy to mark out of the games at the moment. When he came on yesterday, I thought, he, you know, he was getting a few touches and getting in, not quite getting there. And then it did, it did really seem to fade 
when so he moved inside. Yeah, but do you know what that means? <laughs> it means that he can only have a better game next Sunday. Yeah, that's what that means. Yeah. So in the in the meantime, before the West Ham game, if you look out on social um, at Yorkshire Cancer, the official charity partner for the LUFC has launched Challenge Ninety to co- encourage fans to take part in ninety minutes of energetic exercise a week throughout January. Uh, we'll put the link to sign up. They've sent me a T-shirt, which means that I'm definitely going to have to do the ninety minutes of energetic exercise per week. Um, Why is it too small for you? What <laughs> the T-shirt? You're going to have to do the exercise to fit into it. Tell me, it's a beautiful T-shirt. We'll put a picture of the T-shirt on. It's got it's, like, it's a beautiful Legion United blue with the badge on and stuff. So I'm gonna like to get the value out of the T-shirt that may be slightly too small, James. Which uh, thanks for mentioning. Um, I'm I'm gonna get my 90 minutes in this week. A uh, bit of five aside on Friday, I think for an hour or so. Probably have to top it up with a run. But if I go swimming to a swimming lesson. For my child, does that count? I don't know. We'll work it out. We'll work it out. But it's a great cause. It's an official partner of LUFC. So let's uh, let's get active this January. Rocco, is it this month your new book's out? It is. Yes, it's uh, it's the thirty first of January. Uh, you, what's that? Three weeks. You curl out more books than bloody J.K. Rowling. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, yeah. This is my my second in a few months. Um, Hopefully more to come. Uh, but yeah, I'm 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 excited about this one. It'll be I, good. Do yeah, you know, I, I, I joke, but I am genuinely excited about this one. I mean, I talked to you about it when I saw you the other week, and the um 2000, 2001 season was I think it was that year, was it? Uh, yeah. 2000. Those that period at Leeds United is like something that is etched in my memory as a as a kid, and it was an exciting time, but dramatic i think it's the word uh yeah. you know on and off the pitch so i think it'd be really good to relive all that yeah yeah it was it, uh, even like writing it it was because you do forget certain things i mean I, it's amazing how much i did remember but like the amount of stuff that was going on constantly you know week in week out um you know on the pitch and off the pitch and yeah like the story of the, the just the football is is was pretty spectacular. Um, you know the way they rose and then the way they managed to mess it all up. Um, but then yeah, all the stuff off the pitch as well was just yeah, un- unbelievable. Typical leads. Um, careful, careful with the spoilers, mate. I'm looking forward to reading this book. <laughs> In fact, can uh, I give can I give one spoiler? That's a nice little teaser actually, which I didn't realise. Rocco, you told me a little story the other day. Yes. Go on. Oh, am I telling it? Um, yeah. Well, in within the book is um, is an anecdote of uh, the day the first trial of Bowden Woodgate uh, fell apart. It collapsed, and uh, and I was there. I was in the courtroom. Me and my mate skived off school. We went to Hull. Yeah, <laughs> went to Hull, and uh, yeah, you just we just yeah waltzed in, and we spent the day um, like outside the courtroom wait because we thought it was going to be the day that the um, verdicts were reached. So we were just all waiting. Bowie was there in his entourage, would get in his entourage. Um, and then yeah, after lunch they summoned everyone in and uh, and it was all all mayhem from there. And I was I was actually on the uh, six o'clock news coming out of the courtroom oh. right behind Bowie. He was cuffed. That is that is absolutely mental. Yeah. This book's gonna have to contain some gold to beat that. You've just blown your best story. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I won't, I won't mention uh, whether we won the Champions League or not, but we get, we get really, really close. And uh, it's worth reading about that in case you don't know how that went. <laughs> I think um, it'll be good for anyone who's, you know, wasn't alive in that period as well, just to, to, 
to read some of it. And uh, we've got a few copies arriving. Thanks, Rocco. We'll definitely read that before it's yeah. out. Um, and we That's need to exciting. do... Yeah, you get one, Paul. You can pay me £10. And uh, and his neighbour can have one. And his neighbour can have one. But um, yeah, we'll do some sort of uh, giveaway on social. Links to it will be on our website. There'll be a link to buy it on off some popular retailer. Or less popular. Or less, yeah. Favorite. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, Rocco, your book's coming out just in time for Valentine's Day as well, so it's a perfect <laughs> little stocking filler. <laughs> right, well, thanks for listening. We appreciate all the support. We'll be... Uh, Maybe next week. Who knows? Can't say that. Edit that bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, we should aim for next next Monday after West Ham. Well, we should do. Let's do it. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back ASAP with another edition of the Leads That Podcast. Podcast Network.